the Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life. Hello, friends. I'm David Pasqualone, and welcome to this week's remarkable episode with our friend, Craig Matt Lewis. It's really Craig Lewis, but you'll see why I call him Craig Matt. In this episode, Craig opens up about his difficult journey through childhood and adolescent abuse. And we're talking physical, sexual, emotional, mental, all types even to the point he tells us how his family medicated him psychiatrically, misdiagnosed him on purpose so that he could be committed so that he wouldn't reveal the abuse. It's a great journey. It's a great story. And you'll see how Craig Matt not only was injured, how when he came off the medications, it was a hard journey. But then how he slowly but surely navigated through life and God guided him until he's where we are today, having a conversation with us, the remarkable community. So get your notepad and pen, get ready for a remarkable episode, maybe even have a box of tissues for this one because Matt really opens up and shares with us even just a surface of what he experienced and it's heart touching get his books, read the full story, but this is a catalyst that will hopefully connect with you in positive ways to help bring you out and help you grow and heal too. So I'm David Pasqualone. You're about to hear the Craig Lewis story. And before we start, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for rating us in like Apple and Google and Stitcher and Chartable. Thank you for sharing us and putting, you know, subscribing on YouTube. But just thanks for being part of this community. There's no purpose for us to do it. We want to glorify God and help one another grow. So by you being there, that means so much to us. Also, our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Rob Jackson Coaching. Rob Jackson, we've talked about him on other episodes. We've had him as a guest, and he was one of the key elements God used to recover guest lives from literally harsh tragedy. So Rob Jackson is licensed in several states, but he can coach in all 50 states and continents. So check out the show notes for Rob Jackson. Check out his 16-week series, The Iceberg Model of Spiritual Formation. So you might need specific help in an area, but the iceberg model spiritual foundation is the foundation for all of us. And what this does is it helps us have a close relationship with God to love ourselves and then to be able to adapt and overcome any situation in life. Like this episode we're going to talk about, it says greater is he that's in you, meaning the Holy Spirit, than he that's in the world, small h, Satan. So there's more good in us than there is evil in all the world combined. So remember that. And Rob Jackson will help explain that to you and help you live the victorious Christian life. Also, another sponsor we have today, Pest Safari. 
It's a local company out of Pensacola, Florida. So I know the majority of you won't be able to take advantage of Pest Safari and the Huey family and the amazing job they do. But if you're in the Pensacola, Florida area, whether it's new construction, old houses, renovations, the home you live in, vacation rentals, businesses, they can treat pests of all sorts, from little tiny ants and spiders to nasty raccoons and rats. And they could probably treat some family members, but that's illegal and we won't do that. So anyways, thank you, Pest Safari, for sponsoring the show and making it possible for us to be on the air. Thank you, Rob Jackson Coaching, for not only helping us, but sponsoring the podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy this great episode with Craig Matt Lewis on the Remarkable People podcast. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, Craig? How are you today, brother? I'm awesome. How are you doing today? It's great to see you. Oh, it's great to literally see you. We've been talking for months now. We met through Max Ivy, the blind blogger. He's in one of the former episodes. I guess you guys were friends and then he kind of connected us. And between your hectic life and my hectic life and then technology issues on both sides, we're finally making it happen. So I'm super looking forward to it. Now you are in Mexico, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's true. I live here. And yesterday was my two-year anniversary of being here. Nice, nice. So for the listeners, if there's any kind of delay, me and Matt aren't falling asleep on each other. There's just a lag in the connection because it's a slower connection. But uh, we're going to hit it hard. So Matt, I'm Matt, Craig. I was, <laughs> With a C. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. So, so moving Craig, on, there we go. No, yeah. man, I... So what I was going to say is, like all our episodes, we have your story. You're just going to share your story with us, what you had to face. I'm going to interject, and we're going to see how you overcame these things in your life. And then we're going to go from there into where is Craig today and where are you going so the listeners can help you get there. You're going to help us grow, and then we're going to hopefully help you grow. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, man. Then go back as far as you want. What is Craig Lewis' story? Thank you, my brother. And thank you to all the people listening and watching and giving me your time to understand. I'm going to turn 47 years old on May 24th. I've lived in Mexico for two years. And I was born into abuse. There's no real good way to say it or to describe it other than by just spitting it out. I was born into abuse. And so as my birthday is approaching, and as I've just shared, I've lived here in this beautiful, well, I'll share with you now, beautiful mountain town here in the south of Mexico, where I feel safe, where I feel secure, where I feel like I can be me. It's all the result of being not just a child of abuse, born into abuse, but choosing to turn that into something beautiful and golden. So when I was a child growing up in the suburbs of Massachusetts and not realizing that my parents were not very healthy, not very well, not very nice, I was taught the ways of the world. I was taught that love was actually abuse. And so growing up in a household with parents who were born in the early 1940s to Jewish mothers during the Holocaust, yet 
ostensibly safe and sound and secure in their Massachusetts homes. My parents were not treated with love in those homes by their mothers. Their mothers listened to the, the radio and read in the paper that people just like them were being massacred. And for the greater most part, nobody was stopping it. The whole world was watching. And that, that not only impacted the lives or ended the lives of people in Europe by the, by the millions, it also impacted the lives of people all around the world who were connected to it. And thus, my mother and father both in their respective childhood homes were raised with abuse. That was called love. I don't blame my parents for choosing to have a child and believing that they loved each other and that they could create something beautiful together. I don't think they planned to create a, a human living or a living human being to abuse that being, but that is exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. And they weren't very happy having a child who was beautiful and creative and smart and loving and interested and perhaps authentic. And as you can imagine, behind closed doors, things were one way and out in public, things were very different. So when I turned 14, after years of my parents taking me back and forth to see psychiatrists and social workers and therapists and people of that sort, after years of them being told that there was something that they needed to work on, they needed to work on themselves, they needed to work on their own relationship, their own communication skills, and that I was reacting to their abusive behavior. After years of being told that they needed help, they finally found somebody who agreed with them. And I'm doing the bunny ears with my fingers as quotes because agreed is a, a, a subjective word here. They finally had me put into a psychiatric hospital. And once I was there, they, they again could not find anything wrong with me. And this is a very documented, tragically documented case of, of, of abuse. But they could not find anything wrong with me. And over the course of time, they gave me drugs nevertheless. And then I became sick. And then I was put into a facility. And then there, they could not find anything wrong with me. Even with the treatment I was being given, they could not find anything wrong with me. And they documented that I was not supposed to be there, that I was inappropriately placed in this facility, and that I did not have the conditions that I was being treated for. And that is where the psychiatrist buckled to the threat from my parents that if he did not change my medical file to state that I had schizophrenia, for when it previously stated was that I was a regular kid reacting to an abusive home environment, that they, that they would sue him in court if he did not treat me for this condition that I did not have. And he did. He changed the medical file 
and thus beginning in the fall of 2000, oh my goodness, fall of 1988, I lived the life of a teenager who was being treated uh, for schizophrenia with lots of hardcore drugs for the purpose of shutting me up. And of course, there's lots of bad things that happened there and the sexual abuse was not, was not welcomed by me and all the other kind of abuses that I faced weren't particularly fun. Nevertheless, I lived, I survived, I tried, I did everything I could to make my life better. Obviously, I'm here today, right here, right now, breathing. I'm generally a smiling, happy person. I'm well aware that this happened to me. I'm well aware that after 28 years, I stopped taking the drugs. I'm well aware that upon obtaining my medical documents, because I worked as a mental health worker in the same state that I was victimized, that I worked in a building that uh, contained medical documents from my childhood that stated that I was abused in that building. So you can appreciate that upon living this wild and crazy life of a sick person, of, of, of rejecting every oppression that I've had to face as a result, pushing my way through in every possible way to get educated, to go to school, to become a mental health worker, to be able to contribute and give back to help others live better lives. Working in a building in which I obtained medical documents that said that in that building and people surrounding that organization, I, I was a, a victim of, you can appreciate this whole circle that I'm describing here, this whole circle of destruction and chaos that's about to come. If not, uh, if, if what I've already described hasn't been enough, the, 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 the earthquake of my life is just about to hit. And it did because I got my medical records that stated I was an abuse victim and psychiatry was being used to hurt me. As of April 31st or, or May 1st, 2015, I took the last psychiatric drug of my life. 28 years straight, approximately 40,000 pills I popped down my throat. Last one, just six years ago and a few days. You can appreciate how society reacts to someone like that. You can appreciate how someone who works in the mental health system is gonna be treated when they become the human walking living example of the narrative that we're supposed to ask for help. We're supposed to go see help, go seek help if you're having a problem. Go see a psychologist, go see a therapist, go take medication if it's gonna help you do all these things. And here I am being told, if you don't stop taking these pills, Craig, you're never gonna get better. Every single person who's known me my entire life, since I was a kid, knew somebody who was sick, who told the world I have schizophrenia, or then when they change it to bipolar disorder, I have bipolar disorder. Well, guess what? That was all a bunch of crap, and I had to like get my medical files you know, addressed. They, they removed it. It took me off all the pills. So you can imagine, not only did the society around me, professionally, socially, my family, all kind of view me as like a chaos, chaos 
chaos away, about to happen because I know that doesn't even sound like a proper sentence, but you can appreciate what it means. For 28 years, everyone who ever knew me, I, I mean, I self-identified as a sick person. And then I announced to the world, they took me off the pills. They erased the diagnoses. Yeah. Well, you can appreciate, well, that moment of jubilation was legitimate and I legitimately was an, an abuse victim. Only God knew the hell I was going to go through to actually heal from this. And that's probably why I became a spiritual person because like, what the heck? Or I don't want to swear, but you know what I want to say. What am I supposed to do with the life in a world where everything about me was basically like a lie? Or everyone, but everyone's reactions with me throughout the course of the time they knew me was what they actually experienced. But it looks like me, right? And it sounds like me, but how could I ever have been me, like the true me, if I was like drunk to the to the gills for, for illicit reasons? And then, you know, life collapsed. I've spent the past six years. Well, let's just put it this way. Life collapsed. And I suppose I could say I spent the past six years living through a collapse while beginning to acknowledge it and then to build myself up through it. That's why I sit here today in a beautiful, safe, isolated mountain village in the south of Mexico, despite having lost all that I had in this world, material in materials, material things and tangible things. I, I retain myself. My my body is functioning. I can think clearly enough to make good decisions. I can like I'm breathing on my own. I, I I'm smiling. And I'm a miracle of, of, of sorts. And I, I legitimately could have lost my life throughout all of this. If I continue to talk about all the bad things, all the horrible things, all the abuses, then, then I could continue to live those abuses like, every time I talked about them. Or I can connect with people like yourself, David, and the, your listeners, and all the people out there in the world, say yes. Obviously, you can just hear by how I'm speaking, I go through these like ups and downs of emotions because what the heck? How am I supposed to, how is any person supposed to be okay? It's our, it's our job. It's like my job and it's your job to be okay, no matter what happened. So I figured I'm going to use my experience, even if I'm up and down and it's like a little tense with me sometimes, because I know that this story has value to, to millions of people out there. And if I survived what I did and I can be well enough and stable enough to pick myself up and build a new life in a different country where they don't speak my language, where I have to learn everything from the beginning again and like try to heal myself and start over without a lot of support at all. And if I can do that, if I can write about it in a book form and make it available to people like I have, then I know I'm worth being heard. And I know that the message I bring to the world is a benefit and that is where I'm at right here, right now, choosing to take what happened to me and become the man I am right here, right now, and become the man I want to be tomorrow. And at the same time, hopefully, via my actions and my, my intentions and my production, producing of things that might help other people, books, et cetera, that other people can do the same. And if I can do that successfully, which I am, 
in whatever big or small scale that it is. So that means in my own little way, I get to heal from all that happened to me. And I get to help other people move forward in life with a little piece of my my struggle. But like when I turn that struggle into something of beauty, some sort of energetic forward movement, like thing that a person can apply to make their life better. That's why I'm here today with you. That's why I'm here today with myself. That's why I do what I do. And so I am attempting to reframe all that happened to me by, by spitting it out and then saying, yes, I know. Because I've told the story a thousand times. I know it's it's horrible. And I know what I've shared here is just kind of like a like a, almost a sugarcoating of it because I don't need to go into those depths anymore. Yes, but it is as dirty and dark as it as you could imagine. And here we are. Despite that, I took that 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 like ice cream sundae that fell into the side of the gutter. It got covered in dirt and like every possible gross thing on the side of the road you can imagine. And I rehabilitated it to a beautiful, delicious, regenerated ice cream sundae. And I just give that that analogy because, or, or not analogy, but example, because you know what it feels like. Every kid in the world if who's had an ice cream cone has had it at one point in time, the ice cream fell off and you cried and it's like the whole mess. Though that was my life. And unlike a lot of people, I didn't have anyone to help me like deal with that. I was forced to eat that ice cream that fell. And because of that, I knew how to make it beautiful again. And so I am the living example of that. And I thank you for listening to me and allowing me to share from my heart. Thank you, David. Bless you. Oh, absolutely. And thanks for being here, Craig. Well, let's back up and go through this. There's a lot to unpack and you go as deep as you feel comfortable. You mentioned sexual abuse. I Obviously, there's mental abuse. I'm assuming physical abuse. So you had the whole gambit of abuse growing up. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And then when you were finally realizing, hey, there's nothing wrong with me six years ago, and I've been drugged my whole life. Anytime you take those kinds of medicines, especially if you don't have the condition, it can rewire you and it can cause side effects and it can cause dependency issues. So let's start here. What was the what was life like coming off the drugs? Thank you for the compassionately and I guess intellectually framed question because this is very difficult to, for people in the world to understand that these things can happen. It was I'm great today. Like, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to answer your question, but just while, while I answer the question, like, I'm great. I'm great. All things considered compared to where I was. I, I could feel my emotions for the first time. I could smell things better. Things smelled like I could smell stuff like different, like food tasted different, like people, People treated me differently, like they could tell it was something different. I, I had no idea. You know how they say that people who, who are, they struggle with alcohol or, or other sorts of drugs, like 
they say like in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, like, like oh, I, I, I was, I began drinking when I was 14 years old and I've been drinking every day since. And now I'm like 38 or whatever age you are. And they, they stop using the substances that they're taking and they're, 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 they're adult age, they're, they're, they're adult age, right? They're in their adult age, like, like you and me. But they're not mature because they never matured. Yeah, the drugs. And if somebody's listening and you don't understand what Craig's talking about, I don't know what the psychological or medical term is. But if you suffer trauma, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, but what you're saying is if you get introduced to drugs, if you get traumatized at a child's age, you almost freeze at that age until you get help. Is that how you understand it and what you experienced? Yes. And in this funny discussion point, this funny discussion point, when you said until you get help, in this case, getting help meant stopping the help I was being given because the help I was given was given to me for illicit reasons. Yeah. So I want to answer your question the best I can. Just think about the context of what I just stated and how that is complicated in this world because it's, it's opposite, it's opposite land. It's, it's, it's upside down world. It's not really, it's not how it's supposed to go. They don't want you to know that those things are going to happen. So I'm a thousand times better, uh, a walking miracle. And I know it, I know that mo most people aren't doing, most people who experience the sort of thing that I experience aren't as okay as I am. I know why there's some reasons why, but unique reasons, but um, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Coming off the drugs was just hard. Well, let me rephrase that. I've had a lot of worse things that ever happened to me, but I, I, actually, I, I want to I I take that back. It wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me. There's no such thing as the worst thing that ever happened to me. I, God knows better than that. It was just one of the most, it was just, I guess I'm just trying to heal from it now. I, I, I mean, I live in a, a country where I don't speak the language. I mean, like, did you tell you, it's like, why am I here? Like, why, that, why did I have to get away from something? All these things. That's on my checklist, one of the next questions. So we'll get there. I went through a living, you know what? And I could have died. I could have died. Um, I went to Europe in the fall of 2015 to present at a mental health conference. My first time going to Europe. I went to Riga, Latvia, the first place I went in Europe. That's, I think that's really cool. And after the conference, I uh, gave workshops in different places in, in Latvia and then Estonia, Lithuania and Finland. But we had a few days in, in, in Riga. I gave a, a presentation on one of my books uh, in Riga and they had a, a sauna they call it, in Europe. It's like a sauna, you know, a sauna at the gym, sauna. They call it sauna there. And I went into the sauna with the person I was traveling with. And uh, it was like five or six months after I stopped taking the drugs. I had a massive toxic purge. I didn't really think about what was going to happen to me. I was naive. You know, I was like, I was like a 15 year old boy in, in a, an adult's body who like looked a certain way. Like, it was crazy. 
and the the the, the sauna release these neurotoxins. Even when I talk about it, I stutter a little bit because it's like some sort of thing inside me because for a period of time, I literally could not speak. It was dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And I didn't know. Everyone knew, Everyone who knew me, though, knew something happened. I, I changed. I became very different. Yeah, and if, so for our listeners, we have listeners from all around the world, Matt. And if you, Craig, and, Craig, yeah, Craig. You, Craig, you look like my friend Matt, so well, I keep calling you Matt. Well, is Matt a good-looking guy? Yeah, no. All right, so <laughs> the other thing too is, I don't know for the listeners. I'm not making this up, but I got a friend Matt in New England. I'm from outside of Boston, Milford, Mass. So you really remind me of him from back home. So I keep calling you Matt when you're clearly Craig. So I apologize. What part of Boston, before we go, what part of Mass were you from? You know, I don't even want to say it. Okay. Okay. That's fine. No problem. It doesn't matter. I was just curious. The South Shore. Okay. Between Boston and Brockton. Okay. Brockton boxers. Yeah. We used to wrestle them. So anyways, but going back, if you're not familiar with what Craig is talking about, I was just having this conversation with a good friend of mine who's a massage therapist the other day. When you get a massage, you can literally release. They say like some of our nerves, like we have trillions of nerves, how God created us. And if you were to equate that to a computer system, there's like four gigs of data in each like nerve or cell or whatever you want to call it. And we have trillions of these because man can't even touch what God can do. Right. But when you're getting a massage, it can actually release and they always say after you get a massage, drink a lot of water because it's not only releasing physical things that your muscles and your cells have held on to, but it lets go of emotion and it can bring you to that mind state. Like you said, you're stuttering just thinking about it, but I can't imagine having 20 years of toxins in you and poison and drugs. And then you're sitting there chilling in a sauna, relaxing, and it's just pouring out of your body. That would be insane. Yeah, it was 28 years, 28 years, 28. And it was insane. And the person I was with, and we were all naked too. And the person I was with said, I mean, I don't know what she said. She said at some point to me that it was the first time I was ever mean and that I changed. Well, let's do this. How did you recover? The whole premise of the show isn't, we heard your story and it's amazing. It's remarkable. But how did you recover? What was the process of going from sick Craig to healthy Craig? And it's always a journey. We're always moving forward. But what was that journey like for you? And let's just focus on the drug impact right now. The drug impact. I mean, it ruined me. I was ruined as a person. And I lost all my friends. Over, over time, I lost almost all my friends. My family, they gave me an ultimatum that if I didn't stop talking about it, that they would disown me, and they did. A lot of people in my family, they have lots of money. And I, I was an immature person. I could talk about the sexual... The maturation process I went through was very unpleasant. I thought about it. 
I mean, I guess not seriously, but I felt it like being castrated because the testosterone was, was like something I never experienced before. I had no idea how to handle it. I also was not looking like a bloated person. I was, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I looked like, I look better now, but like I was like sexy for some reason. Whereas before I wasn't, yeah, the uh, mosquitoes is a good way to describe it. Mosquitoes began to bite me before, before, I'll, before I stopped taking all those drugs, mosquitoes wouldn't bite me. They knew, they knew, they knew. I can't describe. They knew that I was gr like gross or something like that. Or like my blood was unpleasant. And I, I didn't realize that until I stopped taking the drugs. I was like, what the heck is mosquito bites? And then I started to realize over the, over the course of time, mosquito bites, mosquito bites. And now like animals are gravitating toward me and like children are smiling. This is not how it's been. Like people run from me. I always thought it was, I always felt like people looked at me in a certain way. Like, oh, he's like, he's, I don't know why they were looking at me, but I always thought they thought it was weird or something. Why, like no one wanted to be with all these weird things. Like we're changing. Mosquitoes were biting me. I was like, wait a second. Oh, these people aren't looking at me like they think I'm weird. They're like, they're kind of hungry. Like they see something. They're like, what the heck? What's going on? This guy's like a lot alive. For all these years, I was like not even so alive that mosquitoes found my blood to be toxic, I guess. Enough to not land in me. There's little like tiny little creatures who mostly do that. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but we all know that mosquitoes will do that. It's what they do. And now they're biting me. Then I think about, oh my God, how does this apply to the human beings around me? My life radically changed. People now wanted to touch me. People wanted, they liked me. They wanted, well, oh my God, I had no idea how to be with a woman properly. I went through a living, you know what? Humiliating, devastating, more humiliating, more devastating, excessively humiliating. And I got better because I refused to allow the people who hurt me and all the people who thought that I was not well or not the people who did were making fun of me. I remember as a grown adult being bullied. I mean, I was, I was vulnerable excessively, but I looked like a grown adult. You know, everything changed. And I was not going to let or allow Everyone who's ever not been kind to me, who harmed me, or anyone else, ever. Not that they would be satisfied by my like falling further, but to be validated that by, by that happening. And I said, no, no, no way. I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I have to do, no matter what I, what that means, and become the man that I was born to be. Even if I lose everything that, that I I have in the process, and I ended up having that happen. And I'm all on my way. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy to be where I'm at right now. And so tomorrow's just going to be what it's going to be. Now, why Mexico? I can get. Give. Yeah, no, man. Why Mexico? What brought you out of all the countries in the world? Why Mexico? Well, when I became homeless in 2018, I was working as a mental health worker for 10 years, but everything kind of went haywire in 2015 for lots of reasons as some that have already shared and there are other reasons as well. I can, you can ask me about that briefly if you want, but briefly, of course, please.
I lost my home. I lost everything, you know? So I set myself and the work that I created. And so I had friends in Europe because I've already been back and forth a few times. And I bought a one-night ticket. I abandoned the stuff I had, put some of it in storage, sold what I could. I mean, the stuff I had for my life, I've not seen it since years ago. And I hopped on a plane to Paris, France. Uh, let's just say I spent the next three years or two years, ah, more, more, more or less two years without a place to live, traveling around Europe, finding my way. I ended up, I'm going to answer your question how we ended up in Mexico two years ago, but I spent two years with nowhere to, nowhere to be, nowhere to live, and no one who wanted me in my home country. Like I was a pariah. I was a pariah for being a victim. I mean, come on, but I was. And so I took my work and I had my work, my book that I published uh, translated into different languages. I began working in France. I began working in, in Belgium and in the Netherlands. And, and now the, I spent a year and a half or more traveling around Europe, finding my way. But I couldn't return to, to the United States. What life would, would I have there? I was ruined. I didn't get a job. Everyone knew me as a crazy person. My family tried to silence me. My working community doesn't want me. I mean, I literally am a mental health advocate who wasn't like wanted because of like what happened to me as a child. As if like, where were the people who were supposed to help me at the first place? They weren't there, you know? So I was left to deal, deal with the pieces. And ultimately you could live in Mexico fairly easily and legally. And yeah, I and mean, listen, I'm, I mean, I got really hurt. And these neurological issues are serious. I mean, I was damaged, the person. So I, I'd be able to get some help, you know what I'm saying? So I can like not be homeless. And that money that I'm, I've, been, I've been getting helped me like put, my, put a new life together, you know, to pay rent each month. And in the meantime, I just, well, that's the answer to the question. That's how I ended up here in this town that I live in. I knew a guy from the United States who had a similar experience with being hurt by psych drugs. And he reached out to me and he said, you know, you can come live here easy. And ultimately I, I live here easy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So where is Craig today and where are you heading? I love these questions because I love that. I, I can't help but answer exactly in the moment. I'm chilling, dude. Um, I'm a little sweaty because I, I closed all my windows because uh, there's a lot of noise here right now. It's a very noisy place. And I didn't want it to disturb the, uh, our, our discussion any more than it, and then it will. So I'm chilling. I'm, I'm sweaty. Um, I'm happy. I'm really happy to speak with you. Uh, it, it's, I checked you out. And I found out that there are more than one remarkable people podcast that's really interesting i can do the whole circle here to find other people who are supporters or remarkable people so you're one of them I've, I've, I've come across and i'm smiling and i'm gonna go have a beautiful day because that's my decision and i do some things to help myself i'm gonna do a little work and uh, tomorrow is going to be uh, the same but better I'm going to continue to do everything I'm doing to uh, be the best person I can be. 
and I forgive myself for all the things that I know that I do and know that I will do that make me unhappy or make me feel whatever they feel. And just always strive to be like whoever it was I was born to be. That's that's really that's it. That's my answer. And I want to. I I have no choice. I have to uh, make other adjustments as well because I I deserve financial stability. I have created great works of literature that I can stand behind that I know are helpful for people that I know other people like. And I have to stop. I have to stop. I am actually actively working on myself to to make adjustments and all the ways I communicate with myself to make tomorrow better. I have to make sure, no, I am making sure about my actions and my words. And you can actually, I'm actually talking like this. You're not my therapist, but I'm my own therapist here. Like I have to, I guess, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? People out there know what I'm saying right now. They know what I'm doing. I'm catching myself. I'm just doing it in live action. I got to make my work successful. I need to invest myself to make sure I do the better thing that yesterday is over. I got to right now is what I, I have to take advantage of. Use what I've got right now. Do the beautiful things I can right now. Allow my work to flourish. Create new relationships. Make things better. Let 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 life and love happen. Don't obstruct it. Don't talk about obstructing it. Think about progress. Think about beauty. Think about the future. Let it let let it happen. Let it be. So, with that said, you've shared with us your life, and you've shared with us so much insight. How can we as the listener in our remarkable community help you? Is there anything I know we'll put all the links to your books in the show notes and we'll put links if someone needs to contact you, but is there anything we can do to help Craig? I want to thank you for asking that question so specifically because when somebody asks that question, it makes me feel like they care about me. And I know you might ask that of a lot of people but I haven't heard that that much. So thank you. There's so much that would make my life better. I've been working on it, you know, day in, day out. It's hard. It's, um, I mean, I guess the reality is I'm really hurt. It's not even uh, something I want to share with most people because I think most people they look at me as some sort of like, oh, he's amazing. Like he's, I just can't, he's just amazing. He's so inspiring, all these things. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but I need a little help. Like, like yeah, I know, I know, I'm, I'm great. I know I'm great. Thank you for telling me I'm great all the time. <laughs> You're getting the, this is exactly how I am. Like I just am this way, my friend, I am this way. That's how I am. That's how I feel. That's like really my reality is that it means a lot to me that you ask me that. Yeah, I'm a hurt person who's building up life from scratch. And so if you appreciate what I've had to uh, offer today and the things that I've shared, I have authored uh, some books that I believe could be helpful to you. And it would be absolutely a beautiful gift to me if the people out there who felt that they would benefit from them or their loved ones or whomever they may want to provide them for or, or who may be interested in them would obtain them because when other people take uh, the lessons learned, the, the insights that I, I, I've gathered and shared and apply them to their life, 
it's in part what allows me to, you know, be okay every day. And like money is one thing. Like, of course, it's hard living in a world where you like lost everything. And like, but like, I keep getting stopping myself. I keep saying I lost everything, but no, I gained so much more. Just it's like I got to change that that thing about myself, and that's what my work is about. Just because I already publish these books and there people like them. And I want you to have them to benefit other people and yourself. I'm also a work in progress. So I hope that is what is being conveyed here. So my newest book is called The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. And I called it that because, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not a professional person. I'm pretty messed up and sometimes I go crazy. And, but my work is good. And like, there's, that's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in like the crazy person who knows what he's talking about. And so I'm absolutely serious. The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible is my newest book and it's a workbook intended to help people do the work necessary on the inside to get past, not get over, but work through to identify process and come up with new ways based on what you know is best for you based on what works for you to make tomorrow better. And I do stand by it 100% because I'm living walking proof. So I have that book and many others, and I hope you'll check them out. And so I have a website that's in the works right now. I don't really know if it's functioning today or not, but it'll be up and functioning soon enough. And it's sanity is a full-time job.org. Sanity is a full-time job.org. And you can also find all my books at my self-published distributor's website, which is lulu, L-U-L-U dot com slash better, pardon me, lulu.com slash spotlight slash better days recovery press. And my email address is survivingtheimpossible at gmail.com. And anybody who wants to reach out to me, whether you want to get books or you want to talk, you want to share a story, you want to send me something else, you want to do anything at all, please contact me. And I will respond to you as soon as I'm able. I'm a human being living a really interesting, wild, tough, challenging, hard, and beautiful life. So if you can appreciate that, then I'm certain we'll appreciate each other. Wonderful, wonderful. And then also, as our listeners know, you'll send me all that info and I'll put down the show notes. That way, whether they're listening on an Android phone, an Apple phone, watching on YouTube, they can just click the button and go. Let me ask you another question then. Two more questions for you. Okay. You get the time. You get the time. All right. First question. Actually, three. Between your birth and today, is there anything in your life that we missed that you wanted to address that you think is important for the audience to hear? That's one of the three. When I was 16 years old, I had... Correction. When I was 17 and a half years old, I had reconstructive plastic surgery because I had grown breasts as a result of the psychiatric medication that I was given beginning at age 15. That really hurt me. I'm very proud of myself today to have worked very hard to become more confident in myself. And it's, you know, it's always been a struggle for me with my body. And I've worked extremely hard to be comfortable with myself. And I'm still working at it. That was not 
a thing that anyone should have happen to them against their will and especially when it's the, in the context of for, for your own good which is like the psychiatric context but as you've heard throughout this uh, discussion none of that was for my own good so knowing that i suffered so 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 many ways in a locked facility that i'm not going to get into the details of what was done to me when i had those uh, when my body was like that like you can appreciate the cruelty of other people who have also been hurt by cool people locked in a place where sometimes you know things can be done and i wish that never happened to me but um, i'm also glad that it did because it made me the person i am today and anyone who has a problem with with me for for turning the most horrible things that can be done to a person the kind of things they don't even want to admit can happen to a person and the kind of things that a lot of people don't believe can be done to a person the fact that i took all of that and turned myself into the person i am today that's worth a whole heck of a lot and so anyone who doesn't <laughs> like appreciate me or or value me or my work or doesn't whatever that's okay because there's a lot of people out there who can hear that story and they want to support someone like me let's see that maybe i figured something out and then maybe you can learn from that as well so i know i give these big long-winded questions these long-winded answers but i try to be as helpful as possible in answering because it's important to be uh, both understood but also to for me to feel understood but also to give you the information you're asking for so thank you oh you're welcome. this is yeah this yeah, is context yeah yeah, this is fantastic, Craig. Don't worry about it, man. This is yeah. I'm thankful for your transparency. So, all right. So, one more question, and then a question statement. So, the next question is: If you were to leave today, we have thankfully listeners in over eighty countries, and this will air on YouTube for video, and it'll air podcasts for listening on the web. For the people you're going to be able to reach, you've hung with us this episode. What life advice, if you were to say one of the greatest life lessons I learned is, or one of the greatest, you know, things I wish I knew then that I know now is what, what's one closing thought you want to leave with our remarkable community? You have the power to decide in any moment, no matter what's going on to be okay. It doesn't matter who's doing what it doesn't matter. The circumstances, it doesn't matter the danger, it doesn't matter any of it. None of it matters. You have a choice to make. How are you going to respond? You have the power. No matter what's happened to you, you have the power. The moment you choose to do something different, the moment you choose to, to be better, the moment you choose to live is the most powerful moment of your life. And there's more power in your decision to choose than there is in any action you take. Make sure that from this point forward, if you've decided, or you've decided in 10 minutes from now, or 20 minutes from now, or one hour from now, or 17 years from now, it makes no difference. From the moment you've made the decision that you've had enough of, of whatever you were, whatever happened to you, whatever is going wrong, and you wanna make your life better, the moment you make the decision to choose, and you learn that there's energy in that choice, you can do it again and again and again and again and again and again, no matter what. And that is my gift that I want you all to please find under your tree or anywhere you find gifts. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's the gift that I know that keeps on giving. So Amen. Happy, uh, happy days to you. Yeah, and in line with exactly what Craig's saying, 
the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And the he that it's talking about, capital H, is the Holy Spirit. That when we trust Christ as our Savior, the Holy Ghost indwells in us. And there's more power in us as believers than there is in all of the evil. He small, he Satan, that piece of trash in all the world. So God has given us more power. We just got to let it go and let him lead. So thank you so much for that, Matt. Craig, Craig, uh, Craig damn it. Uh, I look at you all this time. I've been holding back Matt and I'm telling you, I got to send you a picture privately to see you got to see this thing. You guys are like doppelgangers here. All right, yeah. Craig. So, and please know, I love you, man. It's just, it's like looking, it's going back in my childhood here. Um, I'm glad that's, that's good. This is, which is, it helps. I think in some way it's good for us. Yeah. You even look a little bit like my cousin, Tony, who passed away, but I'm Italian. So we have like 80 Tonys in our family, but my, my one cousin, he was a cool dude and he died, but you look I'm like. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry yeah, for that. Man. And you know, I've spent a lot of time in Italy and in uh, France and the, the Balkans, and I live in Mexico now, and I can't tell you how many times people stop and say, "Hey, are you like my, my uncle's friend?" or "Are you from Croatia?" or "I swear you're Italian." I'm like, "No, I'm just an Eastern European white guy who lives in the U.S." Yeah. <laughs> I pass so well. I'm glad I pass for the people that uh, uh, that you love. Yeah, you're the perfect world traveler because you can adapt to so many different cultures. So, all right. Well, the last thing I have for you is this. This is more of an I love you statement than anything. A heads up. You said, and I, I got my glasses off, but you said something like you were talking about with your work and you said, I know I'm worthy and you're working hard and you're worth it with your work. And I just want you to know, man, just listening to you today and getting to know you over the past, past few weeks, dude, you're a great human. God loves you. We love you. And you're worth it. Now, we want you to write. We want you to communicate. We want you to share your story. But even if you did, didn't do any of that, just know you have worth, brother. We love you and we're thankful for you. And if you never did anything, God loves you. But if you tell the world and help them, man, that's just icing on the cake. But don't let Satan mess with your head and think you have to work to be loved because you don't. Well, I thank you. You know, I just want to uh, end by saying I was an, I was an atheist by, by default, I think, up until this all went down with me in 2015. And then I met a woman who uh, basically kicked my butt and told me a lot of things about stuff. And I learned about spiritual awakenings and all these things. And I grew up Jewish, you know, and all this, and my parents weren't very nice. And I never related to that. And then she encouraged me to go to the church on my street because I had some sort of recovery meeting. And I didn't really like that meeting, but then they had this other meeting. So me, this like Jewish punk rock kid would go to uh, this uh, Bible study meeting with all these men who most of whom were like formerly in jail and they all embraced me. And I realized like every night, every time I go on Wednesday night, they, we'd have food. And I always said, I'm not going to say this or that. Or like, I agree with this, but I won't go this far because this is your beliefs. But as it turned out, they loved me and they treated me so well. I, I look back upon that experience as a transformative for me. So regardless of what I believe as far as like religious specifically, I do feel so much the power and the love that you're sharing with me because it's similar to what those men shared with me. And that's why uh, no matter what I may say or may or may not say about what I believe or what I do believe or how I describe it, I'm going to send you a photo. But at the top of my street, there's this most gorgeous church 
that goes back 100 plus years. I live in a, in a town that has a colonial look. And I'm going to send you a photo because it is a precious place for me. Every single day I walk by there and I stand out front. It's like funny looking white guy, right? Well, I mean, I'm not that funny looking, but you can appreciate what I'm saying. And although no one may understand what I'm doing or not, I make my prayer every day. It's not about specific religious, but it's because I feel so good knowing that people go in there and they do their thing to try to do it. You've done with me here today when you share with people. So thank you. I'm going to send you that photo because you need to see it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, man. And can we share that on the in the show notes? Can I put that on the website? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Craig, and I'm going to nickname you Craig Matt. Craig, it's been a pleasure having you. You truly are a remarkable man. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, old and young, if you're listening, if you need a Craig, reach out to him, check out the show notes and get those email addresses and websites. And if you're struggling with some of the same things, read Matt's books, reach out to Matt. I'll help you anyway. Craig Matt, Craig Matt, Craig, Craig Matt, Matt, Craig Matt. Oh, man. I'm sorry. This episode, I've never done this in 62 episodes. I've never had this issue. Well, we we have a unique situation today. I think we've already established that. Yeah. So we have a lot of things we're going to have to figure out, but we're all, we're all good going forward. Yeah. I think yeah. there was Craig, one episode. You can call me Craig Matt as much as you want. Craig Matt, CM. No, but I called one guest by accident the wrong name because I was reading something else as we were talking, but you just look so much like my other friend. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you need help, let us know. And truly, you know, God loves you. That's not just a little cliche saying. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And if you ask God to help you and save you, he will. And that's a promise, not a question, nothing you need to work for or earn. And Craig, Matt, my brother, I love you, man. Hopefully I'll see you one day if you ever get to America again or I get to Mexico. And like our slogan says, ladies and gentlemen, don't just listen to great information, but do it, repeat it so you can have a great life in this world and in eternity. We love you. I'm David Pasqualone. This is Craig Lewis, not Matt Lewis, but Craig, Craig Lewis. Matt. Craig, Craig Matt. Matt. Lewis. Craig Matt. That's your new name, man. We hang out. Craig Matt. This is Craig Matt. And uh, that's it. We love you. Have a great day. Craig, thanks for being on the podcast, my friend. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life.